3D Movie Time Capsule for 2013. Hello, hello, hello. This is Adolf. I have with me Jake. Howdy, folks. And welcome to 2013 in 3D Movie Time Capsule podcast. And 2013 is a 13 is usually an unlucky number for, for us. For our purposes, we got a really lucky uh, year here because we got a whole lot to talk about. Yep, this is a, this was a great year for 3D. And uh, there's a whole ton of movies here to talk about. Um, so we're going to skip over some smaller ones and we may not give some ones enough time, but it's just, it's so much. And, you know, we try to make these podcasts into about an hour long. We may have a little more in this one. <laughs> Um, yeah. So we want to try an hour long just because we don't want to be, you don't want to be tired. And we'll probably get tired after this one because this is a big one. This is a big one. Uh, mm-hmm. You ready, Jake? You ready? I'm as ready as I'm ever going to be. All right. We're just going to go here in release date order. Go down the list. Uh, this list was from Wikipedia. And um, so dates, if, if it's wrong dates wise, that's their fault, not ours. I'm not going to check every single movie date. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, January 4th, Texas Chainsaw 3D. Jake, what do you know about this? Uh, Why? This is such a lame brain, lame ass remake of Toby Hooper's incredible Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is just such a... The PG thirteenification of horror. It's I'm like, why? This wasn't cool like the remake of My Bloody Valentine. This is just lame, and I don't even know who this was for. It's not scary. It's not anything. Maybe they're trying. Maybe they think people who watch the CW will go see this. This was just bewilderingly mediocre and boring. So it got a 19% off of Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, apparently it's full of plot holes and inconsistencies. you agree with that? That's being charitable. How's the 3D in this? Eh, it's there. If you're hardcore, look, if you're really hardcore about 3D and can find this for like five bucks, you can have fun laughing at it. But I don't think you're going to get much enjoyment out of it. All right, let's move on. Okay, let's uh, move on. Let's keep going. We got a huge list, so we don't have that much time to talk about in each one, but we'll try. Uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Do you remember this movie? Vaguely. It's uh, Renemy, uh, Jeremy Renner. Uh, it's yet another Hansel and Gretel movie. This time they're adults, uh, and they're kind of witch hunters. It's... The 3D's fine. The movie's okay. It's nothing great. It's not particularly bad. It's just there. To me, it's like between a 6 and a 7. It's there. The 3D's not bad. If you're bored, it's if you're looking for something to watch in quarantine, hell, there's a lot more better movies that came out this year, but if you've already watched all of them a dozen times, I guess this one won't hurt you. And you can probably find it inexpensive. Okay, so let's uh, keep going. Um, 
Escape from Planet Earth. This is a CG animated movie about aliens that come to Earth. And uh, it had a big promotion with 7-Eleven. I just remember that. I never watched this. It looked like crap, trash. Jake, do you remember this? Yeah, it's it's just crap. Uh, I mean, I mean, it probably exists because some other, uh, like Monsters vs. Aliens, was successful. I mean, this is just some cash in on another more successful movie. It's uh, mediocre. I mean, the 3D is pretty good, but most animated movies, if they have the slightest bit of care, the 3D is going to be good. All right. So let's keep going here. We got Jack and the Giant Slayer, which is a um, kind of a weird movie because this caused like a whole bunch of other things to happen um, with Brian Singer. This is a movie that um, I think he left to make after Superman Returns, right? Or something? I'm not exactly familiar. Uh, I know I've seen this. I just don't really remember it a whole lot. Based on the, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk idea. I remember enjoying it. Um, I don't remember seeing it in 3D. Um, and I remember this having, like, not that much money-wise. Like, the budget was, like, $200 million and the box office was about $200 million, So it wasn't that big box office-wise. Is this the one with Jack Black, or is that another fairy tale? No, that's a different one. Um, uh-huh because like i said a lot of these start uh blending in together this is one it just didn't make that much of an impression on me star nick holt uh um he's a good actor but he's been in a lot of bad movies so yeah isn't this like also infamous for like um some of the problems with um to put it nicely problems with uh ryan singer didn't they people start noticing them or know about them from this movie <laughs> i don't know there's always been problems with a singer all right let's keep going here with oz the great and powerful wizard of oz sequel i actually really like this movie yeah this is um if you're coming into this movie only familiar with the Warner Brothers Wizard of Oz, you might be disappointed. This is a pretty faithful overall to the spirit of the books. And there's tons and tons of little Easter eggs if you are familiar with the books. But if you're not, that's cool. But hey, um, you're probably not doing a whole lot right now. So hey, the books are most, uh, the ones, um, Bomb Road are all public domain, so you can feel free to download them off the internet and have hours and hours and hours of enjoyment. Uh, no, but I like this movie overall. I mean, is it the best movie ever made? No. Is it as good as Wizard of Oz? Of course not. But, you know, it's very entertaining. It's um, Some of it uh, gets too... Um, fancy with it dragging some acts out and some twists that i thought were unnecessary but um it's 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 absolutely gorgeous to look at i remember the 3d being really excellent too mm -hmm. yeah this looks really impressive on the big screen in 3d um this is starring 
um, James Franco. And I remember the, the opening scene. I don't know if you remember this, Jake. It was like Sapia and how they played with 3D. Magnificent. Yeah, and it changes of four and it changes aspect ratio and yes, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I went to a theater that actually projected it properly. Yeah, so I was very happy. Yeah, that, that how they did that was just brilliant, and that's like, that, oh my god, this is so cool. Um, I remember that so well, of being seven years ago almost. Yeah. I think a lot of people hate this movie for some reason. I really enjoyed it. Uh, because it's not Wizard of Oz. All versions of uh, the Oz story uh, get trashed. Um, because it's not. I mean, even the Wiz gets cr- trashed because it's not the Wizard of Oz. I think that's because that's most people's favorite movie. And uh, uh, some people don't like James Franco. I like Franco. I like him a lot. He's a good actor. Yeah. I mean, this what I call a great stretch role for him, but, you know, he did well, he hit his marks, he did his dialogue, you know, it's a worthwhile movie. All right, so this one here, um, this next movie, The Crudes, I watched this movie way after the fact, and I was kind of blown away by it, because it is not the movie you think it is. Yeah, this is not an Ice Age movie. Not yeah, you would think that because the humans were in the first Ice Age movie, and this is a Fox movie. So in theory, if they wanted to have a, a universe, it could work. But this is like such a, a dark and really fascinating movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had my um uh my butt in a seat by having uh, Nick Cage, uh, but he's he's actually uh, gives a great performance as the the dad of this group of cavemen or i should say cave people i guess uh i can't i i remember liking this so much i said i can't wait for another one and we're still waiting almost seven years yeah we're still waiting (laughs) next year for sure oh yeah i think this is supposed the sequel crudes 2 is supposed to come out this holiday season god knows if that's going to be happening again now yeah, I mean, we might get... I mean, they may cancel Christmas, the way things are going. <laughs> I mean, hey, if this, if Disney Plus wants to, you know, because they own Fox now, if they want to do a, a, a awesome thing, release it on Christmas on Disney Plus. Boom, Croods 2. Everyone will watch it. <laughs> yeah, except they won't get to see it in 3D. Yeah. Uh, how was the 3D in this? It was good. Okay. Like I said, most animated movies, it's almost like you have to work to have bad 3D. <laughs> so next going on, G.I. Joe Retaliation, the second G.I. Joe movie. I've never watched any of these G.I. Joe movies. I've seen one. I can't tell you which one it is. It it bore no resemblance to the G.I. Joe action figures I played with as a kid. So I didn't know what the hell was going on. I just remember the, th- the 3D in the one I saw was fine. Bruce Willis was in it, and I'm like, why am I watching this? The the next one was supposed to come out this year, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, that ain't happening. And it was weird too because the we like it was supposed to come out this summer, and um, like never seen anything about it, no trailer or anything. <laughs> so yeah. Now next one here, Jake. Oh my! One of my favorites. 
I'm wearing a t-shirt with its emblem. This is one of the defining movies of my generation. One of the my movies of my life. The best, one of the best things. Jurassic Park. Woo! Jake, what's your thoughts on the original Jurassic Park? Nice dinosaurs. Oh, I love this movie. I adore this movie. Jake, tell me you love this one. Tell me, please. I like the dinosaurs. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the 3D conversion for IMAX, wonderful conversion. Mm-hmm. I really thought th the 3D really added to the experience, uh, especially IMAX 3D. Um, the scene where the kids are leaving the kitchen and um, they're like going through the top of the area um, and the raptor jumps up to try to catch him but doesn't get him. That scene specifically was... I, I knew that scene was coming. I've watched this movie like a hundred times. I, I love this movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. And that movie in 3D, the, the raptor pops out and all of the people in the theater screamed. And I mean, all the kids the kids that obviously never seen Jurassic Park before. Um, and all the adults kind of laughed at the same time because they knew that it was happening. And it was so well done. The 3D here is gorgeous. The 3D Blu-ray of this is, is, is not that hard to find, I think, right? Yeah, other than the fact that a lot of places are getting rid of 3D. So it got a US release, so, there's a, so you should be able to find this at a reasonable price. Not have to pay collector's prices yet. Yeah, I highly recommend the 3D version of Jurassic Park. Um, so let's keep going here. We got a whole lot more movies. So um, Iron Man 3. Now, this is a Christmas movie often hated by a lot of people. And is it canon or is it not canon? Because I don't know. Um, I like Iron Man 3. Uh-huh. Yep. I like it as much as I like the first Iron Man. I'll go that far. I love Shane Black. Uh I didn't care much for his latest Predator, but hey, um, I can smell studio interference when I see it. Um, but I, a lot of people, I mean, who hate this movie, hate it because he actually did something interesting with the Mandarin and got rid of all that racist bullshit associated with this character and actually did something interesting that comes out of the real world politic. Uh, and I really think some of the real world politics kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. Now, the realization that governments uh, create straw men, boogeymen to create fear and distrust in the in the real world. And it's happened time and time again in the world. And the Mandarin is a, a Marvel Comics villain who is essentially every stereotype of an Asian. Uh, and uh, the character has been um, uh, changed around. We know um, uh, Tony Lung Chi Wei is going to play him in Shang-Chi, and I can't wait. He's one of the finest actors on the planet, and he would not be playing some stereotypical uh, part. Uh, this is a man who's very picky about what he plays these days. Now, um, the whole thing with extremists and um, people blowing up, I thought was cool. And then Tony being a little bit, um, like you really see Tony deal with um, PTSD. And the thing that's kind of weird is that at the end of the movie, he's done. 
with being being Iron Man and he blows up all the suits and then goes Avengers um two and everything's normal. I was like, what what, what happened there? Yeah. And the fans had a, a hissy fit and Marvel did a, a short saying, Oh, I'm not the real Mandarin just to try to make people happy because people were so pissed that it wasn't Well, we knew he wasn't the Mandarin, but we didn't know there was actually a Mandarin, which I have no problem with that, you know, from the comics, which I can't understand why he's such a fan favorite since he's such a racist stereotype. I mean, come on, he was a ripoff of Fu Manchu. Wasn't he supposed to be like Iron Man's biggest nemesis? Yeah, yeah, that's because they decided Black Widow was more interesting as a hero. Alright, let's keep going here. We got a uh, movie based on literature that has now become a super meme that is used a lot. Uh, The Great Gatsby. How is this movie? I like this uh, movie a whole lot. Uh, I've... um, Great Gatsby is just one of those Fitzgerald books that I like. Um, I know, weird. Uh, I've seen uh, most of the film adaptions. Uh, of course, I haven't seen only seen the trailer for the silent one because the m- movie's lost and it hasn't been uh, no and no prints turned up in my lifetime so far. Um, and the, and this is I just really like the energy of this. The 3D is amazing. Uh, Toby Maguire is great as the narrator. This is really his movie uh sure uh, um leonardo dicaprio's playing gatsby but it's always been about the narrator if you've read the book uh this is i think toby Maguire's finest post spider-man performance wow i've been wanting to see this but i never got around to it so gatsby definitely is oh, i like this a lot especially like the musical kind of the dance it's not really a musical but it it feels like one but it's not really a musical i mean this is it's a dazzling movie it uses the 3d effectively how does it use it a lot of depth a lot of movement um it, even though it this movie moves fast it does it stays in focus and it keeps the depth because you know a lot of times 3d works better if you slow it down a bit but this, uh, in fact, this made me wish. I said, damn, I wish Moulin Rouge was in 3D now. All right. So let's keep going here. We got uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Now, this is a controversial movie, and it's a weird movie. Um, so it's a second J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie based in the Kelvinverse. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on Into Darkness? Uh I actually like this more than a lot of fans um, do. Uh, I think a lot of people had trouble with the politics. Uh, Same way they did with Iron Man 3. uh, And also the fact that everybody quickly figured out the twist. And uh, they should have went in in the advertising of this movie. They shouldn't have made it a twist. They should have just acknowledged what it was. And I think, uh, I think f- audiences and fans would have responded better. They just felt uh, cheated, which is, unf- which is a shame. Because I did think this was a good movie. 
Uh, sure, I liked Beyond more, and I liked the first one more, but, you know, I still thought this was a good movie. And I will echo you. Now, I'm in a weird spot, because um, I was not a, a fan. I mean, I enjoyed 2009 a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of Star Trek in general, but I'm not a big fan of Kirk until after this series. So I did not watch any of the original series movies. I didn't watch the original series show. But the, the 2009 Star Trek, it's like, okay, I'll give Kirk a chance. You know, I grew up with TNG, Next Generation, and Picard, and I love him. And, you know, Kirk was just kind of corny 60s stuff. And so I actually, after this, I did watch all of the, the original series. The entirety from beginning to end, and the animated TV show, and the, all the movies, and now I understand the the why people don't like this movie. But back then, I didn't have that context. I was just going in here. I I didn't pay attention. I was you know, and I enjoyed it for what it was. But I couldn't understand why people get really mad that Benedict Cumberbatch was Khan because Khan they actually developed him in the original series so having him you know in the second movie is probably the best of the you know star trek um movies so it's it's understandable why the people got mad at this there is definitely a whole sexist thing with um that became a meme um where the the doctor the new doctor um undresses and it's just not needed. Like they, they, it's like, come on, guys, come on, you're better than that. You know, talking about. Yeah, I know. Uh, they kind of had problems with the Bond movies, trying to take Bond from being uh, a misogynistic dinosaur uh, by today's standards and turning him into uh, a, a 21st century spy. Uh, that took a while. Um, and fortunately, Daniel Craig, uh, they figured it out by the time they cast him. Uh, and I think Kirk is one of those characters. Uh, I mean, because he's pretty, I mean, you have to, he was a walking Me Too meme. Yeah. The Kirk character was in the, and, and Khan was such a great, powerful character. I mean, I mean, Wrath of Khan is still such an incredible movie. Uh, I really like the idea they were going with, and you know, from dark in darkness. But I think they lost something in the execution. They got a little too cute with the with the multiple plot twists, and uh, and they didn't take it far enough because they they were going for something like an equivalency of the Iran Contra or the or or foreign policy decisions that a lot of countries make like the enemy of my enemy is my friend no matter what they do kind of garbage that countries engage in and i also think a lot of people don't want anything resembling a world life politic entering their fantasy world yeah um i remember the 3d not being that good in this it wasn't bad but it wasn't like I wasn't as impressed as I was the first time around. And of course, the, the lens flare was even more annoying this time around than it was the first time. Was 2009 Star Trek 3D? I don't think it was, was it? 
God, you're right. It wasn't. Um, it's it's beyond. I'm thinking of with the with a lot better 3D. Yeah, you're right. The first wreck wasn't 3D. My bad. Sorry, folks. You are absolutely right. All right. Uh, um. So yeah, Star Trek into into darkness. It's a weird movie for me. I do like it. I understand, and uh, with all the criticisms about it, but now to another controversial movie. There's a lot of controversial movies this year. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of movies in 2013. Yeah, a lot of movies that people were really pissed off about. Uh, a lot of fans really pissed off about this year. But, I mean, we'll see how people think. Man of Steel! The Superman movie! The new Superman movie! People hate this movie. I love it. Not love it, I really like it. Jake? Uh, I, th- I like it, and I don't love it. And, and I don't hate it either. I mean, uh... I appreciate Zack Snyder. Uh, he's not my favorite director, but he's but he is a definitely a talented man who makes some very interesting movies. So I'm always intrigued to see what. I wish he would uh, work with his own stuff instead of adapting other media into films because I he's got so many ideas that I think he would be better off and his audience would be better served him bringing his own stuff to life other than adapting other characters and stuff because his ideas don't mesh with what fans uh, want from stuff. Now, one thing about this movie, and you know, there's a couple of things here. One, this is a origin movie, which it's kind of not necessary, I think, Superman... <laughs> Um, they could just, uh, this was done, made specifically because of rights. I don't know if you know about that story or not. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. A lot of superhero movies are done because to keep rights, uh, uh, and, uh, I understand why they would do an origin movie because last time they had did a Superman movie, they made it a sequel, they recast and made it a sequel to a movie that had been that it was ancient by film goers and audiences were confused yeah returns yeah returns i mean because most of the people in hadn't weren't even most of the audience for this movie weren't even born when uh the donner supermans were made so this is a this is a movie that i want to love but I don't love. I'm a big Superman fan. I actually respect Snyder a lot. Um, this is a movie I want to be great, but it isn't. It's one of those movies that is like a perfect 7 out of 10. And it's like, I want it to be great, but it's not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is, even though this is not a great movie, anybody who's a fan of superhero movies, I feel, needs to see this. Yeah. Um the the stuff they do with um him growing up and saving people and struggling as a ki- you know young kid I love that I love 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 that and, uh, and Kevin Costner was good as Pa Kent now that scene where he dies I disagree with that I think that's a legitimate thing that should not have happened yeah I don't, I'm not a fan of that well the thing is uh Snyder's trying to show from a certain political point of view that isn't shown very often in cinema. And so I do respect his choice. Would I have made the same choice? No. But 
and also, uh, I hate to say this, but Superman seems to be more interesting when at least one of his parents are killed. One of his foster parents are killed off. True, true. Because it works, it's, in fact, it works better when they're both gone, because uh, that's one of the things that Batman and Superman uh, were trying to bond with, and uh, I just wish, because I know everybody makes fun of the Martha thing in in Batman versus Superman, but if he had been able to pull that off, it would have been brilliant. I I don't know if he didn't get enough coverage to to make it work because it, and also I think it's a little t- I don't think most comic fans ever put it together that the, both of their the women that raised them were were both named Martha. I like that and I I I understand why it became a meme, but I liked it. I thought it was. A- Great idea. It just wasn't. It wasn't a home run. It was a bunch. Yeah, uh, but getting back to Man of Steel, you know, obviously people were upset about the destruction, and they don't think Superman would have destroyed as many things. And I, I will defend that and say, hey, he's early on in his career, and you know, the sake that for 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 sake of the movie, if he did not do everything, if he did not kill Zod, then guess what? the entire Earth and everyone in the Earth would have been dead. And everything would have been dead. Yeah, well, the Superman I grew up reading wouldn't have done this. But after John Byrne uh, wrote Superman where he killed the Phantom Zone uh, villains, uh, I was just like, I'm over this. My Superman is dead, blah, blah, blah. And So Zack Snyder... uh, Doing that, I thought, was legit because Superman being a killer has – fandom has tolerated it for, what, 30 years now? Yeah. So uh, so it's – he's been a killer longer than he wasn't a killer. And, and people just kind of forget that, that in Superman 2, he just gets – you know, he just basically tosses them into uh, uh endless pit and they're dead. <laughs> they're not endless pit and, you know, but they're dead. So people don't care. But this, you know, it, it was agonizing for him. He didn't want to do this, but he didn't have any option. <laughs> yeah, this is – I mean, uh like I, uh, like I said, I would, re- I would really like to see Snyder work on – something that he has more control over and that's not uh, a, a property owned by a studio that they want to market toys and t-shirts and video games. In fact, uh, I, I'm not that familiar with the Injustice game, but several people I know that play it, or uh, I think there's probably several of them, I don't know. They said the Snyder universe reminds them more of the injustice games than it does the comics so you know i think they could have done uh, one thing about the uh, man of steel is that clark doesn't have that many lines uh, and superman he really doesn't and i feel like this is also a big thing where you know i love henry cavill i think he really looks superman and has that look but like he's given like five lines in the whole movie (laughs) you know Mm mm-hmm and the thing with this movie too, um, 
I feel like it's completely an answer to everyone complaining. Returns doesn't have enough action. Returns is too boring. Returns doesn't have enough things to punch. You know, and this is the opposite. I, I feel like they could have had a scene at the end after they wrapped up and, you know, maybe Superman was helping all these buildings get bit, put back up. You know, I think that would have helped. I think one of the biggest problems the DC EU had at this time period was Warner Brothers wanted uh, Christopher Nolan to do their entire uh, universe. And, and he was burnt out because I can't believe he did three Batman movies. I mean, that just is mind blowing that he did. He directed three. He directed three Batman movies. I mean, that's just mind blowing to me that a director of his caliber would 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 get down and dirty and just do three comic book movies. Uh, and and I think the problem is he didn't want to do an a, an expanded universe, but. Um, uh, Warner Brothers did, and they wanted this universe to be in the in the mold of of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series, and they hired Zack Snyder, who is not anywhere remotely similar director. He just has a moody, dark aesthetic sometimes, but he is nothing like Nolan as a director. And they think they tried to shoehorn his vision into being a Christopher Nolan light. And, uh, you know, okay, so Warner Brothers made this movie because they're losing the rights. And they had to do an origin movie. They had to do Zod because part of the rights. And uh, the, the I think the whoever is alive, um, Schuster, um, they're pissed off because... Over the decades, Warner Brothers and DC has treated them terribly, absolutely terribly, and they were ready to go say, screw you guys, we're going to Marvel. And of course, DC Comics and Warner Brothers would never allow that because Superman is such a big icon, they would not want Marvel to have it, you know, but so they're like, we have to make this movie, we have to make, have an origin story, we have to have Zod, you know. And those are the reasons why they made the movie. And then the writer here is a part of the problem, um, which is David Groyer. And he has a really weird resume. He was a writer of The Dark Knight, the story, and a writer of Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, <laughs> and the writer of Man of Steel, the writer of uh, you know, Dark City. So he has a very weird, dark sense and i think he was too dark for superman so uh it's kind of, i i want to love it but it's it's so on the edge it's like you could be lighter you get have more fun visually i give credit to cider visually it's awesome the 3d actually was very weak which is very disappointing oh well, it's because i think a lot of the darkness and uh because where I saw it, I, the 3D wasn't that great. Uh, and the home video release, the 3D's not that great either. It's one of those discs that I don't dig out real often because I know I have to tweak my system to watch it. And then I have to tweak it back to watch anything else. 
All right, so we got a whole bunch more movies, so we got to keep going. Uh, World War Z, uh, zombie movie with Tom Cruise. I dig this movie. No, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is another one that fanboys screamed like stuck pigs over over the politics of it because it's uh, and uh, and a lot of purists who are fans of the Max Brooks book, you know, the son of uh, Mel Brooks. Uh, this he wrote this. He's written a lot of great zombie books. Uh, World War Z. Uh, the movie is set in the same universe, but it is not based on the book at all. It's more or less a prequel to the book. And it's based on a UN employee who hears about zombies and they're trying to find a way to get the cure. And uh, the the movie ended in a weird way because like they had to reshoot the ending, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... Uh, it. It made tons of money. Uh, I like this movie a lot. Is it a 10? No. Uh, it's got some great zombie action. Uh, it kind of follows more the 28 days model of zombies. You know, they're fast moving, frenzied. So they're not slow and stupid like in a lot of other movies. I mean, yeah, they don't show great intelligence, but they move very quickly. And the towers that they would make were like ants. I really like that visual and that idea is cool. Mm-hmm. Sadly, the the sequel, I, I thought it was almost done, but then it got canceled and like halfway through production or something, right? Yeah, and yeah, that's a damn shame. But I would not be surprised if we see World Wars, Z, uh, Max Brooks's um, uh, zombie verse uh, resurrected. Either on a uh, cable or another film in the near future. It would be a cool TV show, you know, if they want to have something. You know, I know zombie TV shows are kind of passe now, but you know, HBO Max that could be something cool for that. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figure in a few years uh, there'll be nostalgia again for zombies. Uh, they'll probably be. Um, they'll go through vampires and werewolves and. Some other monsters for a bit, then they'll come back to zombies. How was the 3D? I remember being impressed with it. You know, a few times I would jump in my seat. There were some nice visuals. Now, from one, I mean, it was a good, it was a good conversion. Okay. Now, from one movie to another, one monster movie to another monster movie, Monsters University by Pixar. Um, I think it's good, but not great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a serv- it's a serviceable um, sequel. I mean, this is not Cars two here. Uh, yeah, it technically, it's a prequel, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, technically, it's a prequel, uh, but it came out second, so I'm going to refer to it as a sequel. Um, it existed because the first one made lots of money, and uh, you know, you get to have here all the cast come back, basically, all the big people. And you sh- you know have a big university kind of movie with um yeah strangely it reminded me it had a Flintstones vibe to it because um the two leads remind me so much you know Scully and um got and Mike remind me so much of Fred and Barney's personalities um and this even more so you know the the schools and the partying and I mean it. 
this is not Pixar's finest moment, but like I said, after Cars 2, uh, this this seems like a masterpiece in comparison. Yeah, it's a very good movie. I enjoyed it. I didn't see it in the theater. I waited to watch it at home, and I was happy that I waited. <laughs> How was the 3D? Pretty good. Like I said, it's, I mean, it's Pixar quality. You know, the 3D was really good. I mean, the character designs are great. I mean, it's beautiful to look at. All right. I just hope if they do another one, they come up with a better story. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole tropes of college and fraternities, uh, I don't think that at all makes sense anymore. Like, I feel like that was a whole big thing in the past. And, you know, college fraternities were not, you know, I went to college 10 years ago and that's not how fraternities were. And it wasn't, the experience wasn't like that at all. It just, uh, meh. Yeah, this is, uh, this is set in a, in a world that the people who remember are, are the grandparents of the audience for this movie. Yeah, the old college university kind of, uh, um, cliches. Yeah. Yeah, this is a movie made for eight-year-olds with references that only people over 60 will get. Yeah. (laughs) So let's keep going here. We got Despicable Me 2. How would you like this one, Jake? Uh, This is not as good as the first one. I mean, it's okay. Don't get me wrong. It's okay. But it's they just kind of do a lot of the stuff from the first movie differently. I mean, it's not bad. It's a hell of a lot better than the third one. Uh, but it's nowhere near as good as the first one. The 3D's fine. The character designs are nice. Uh, if there, Unfortunately, there's more. it's more minion-heavy. Yeah, this is now a big franchise with the Minions 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the minions have become the yellow Smurfs. I think, if anything, they're worse than Smurfs. <laughs> At least yeah. the Smurfs had characters. Mm-hmm. The minions are just... It's just annoying. <laughs> I know. I, I They're trying to give them characters, uh, but their only differences are visual, really. Uh, they don't have any individual personality, yeah. really. Um, so let's keep going here. Another action movie, uh, Pacific Rim. Um, I like this Pacific Rim. Uh-huh, so did I. Guillermo uh, del Toro. Mm-hmm. And if you love uh, giant mechs, Godzilla movies, you know, the little con- you'll probably love this. Um, I like the idea that it was like an avatar where, like, the people would be inside a machine and then how they control the robot. And then you have these other creatures... I mean, they did try to explain mm-hmm. some of the story. That's where it kind of falls apart. The action scenes are fun, but the story part, I was like, uh, okay, whatever. And some of the 3D gets kind of lost in the darkness, you know, kind of like Godzilla King of the Monsters. A few scenes, it gets lost, but it's still, it's still worthwhile to see this in 3D. Uh, this has got a great cast, uh, a good story. It's if you if you love uh, you know giant thunder lizards Godzilla type things and giant mechs, uh, this is right up your alley. And um, it it felt 
like they are honoring the Japanese kaiju films, but they weren't. It it was like an honor to them, but it wasn't ripping them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, you're right about the darkness in there. I mean, this is the monster movie that has all the fight scenes in darkness. And just like, stop it. Just let me see these creatures, you know, fight in the sunlight and not rain. And, you know, obviously they had to do that for budget. But it's still frustrating to see that, you know. Even in the dark, the rain looked good in 3D. So talk about, and this is one of the movies that, you know, why did it take forever to get a sequel? You know, <laughs> it should have been a sequel two years, three years after, not. when. I know. And then the sequel was kind of lackluster. So, uh, talking about another lackluster movie, Turbo, the super fast slug. Remember this movie, Jake? Vaguely. I just remember, uh, I think I've seen it, I think I've seen it in 3D, but I don't remember it. So let's keep going here to another movie, R.I.P.D. i never seen this. This, I remember this. You would think Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges how in the hell can they go wrong? Those two could read a phone book and be funny. This movie is such a misfire. And a bomb at that. I remember the 3D being pretty good in most scenes. I don't remember any scenes that irritated me other than dialogue and shitty plot. Uh, this is one that make you cry you might want to put on 3d glasses so nobody sees you cry at how disappointed you are i mean really ryan reynolds and jeff bridges and this is what you come up with this is based on a comic book but any resemblance is purely coincidental it's just a disappointment now speaking of another comic book movie um this is a weird movie i like it it's trash but it's not really bad trash. The Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Well, it's light years better than Origins. It's better than Origins. The one where Wolverine goes to Japan, you know. <laughs> but it ain't nearly as good as Old Man Logan. Logan is... Uh, it's so weird that, you know, Wolverine as a character, such a standout character in the X-Men movies, and Hugh Jackman did such a great job, but... Not until they gave him a full R rating that they're able to actually make Wolverine into what he is and understand everything about him. You know, they, they really hit it out of the park with Logan. But this movie, it's just like, what's going on here? He wants to die. This other guy wants to live. It's just, it's a mess. Uh-huh. There's some great set pieces. Uh, There's some great 3D. But it's not. It's a really disjointed movie, uh, and I think part of it is like the one of the ma- one of the minor villains, Viper. Uh, she's um, she's one of the she was one of those characters that we shared, uh, and Fox owned the Viper part of her, and Disney owned the Madame Hydra version of her, but. We're not going to have these issues anymore because Disney now owns Fox. Yeah. So does that mean they own the Smurfs? <laughs> uh, they might have the U.S. Uh, film rights to the Smurfs, but the Smurfs are owned by some conglomerate in 
Europe or Belgium, I believe. Oh, it was a bad segue. It's actually done by Sony. So Smurfs 2 came out this year, too. I never watched any of the Smurfs movies. I was a big fan of Smurfs when I was a kid, but I'm not a kid anymore. The first one, the first one is worthwhile. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is hilarious. Uh, uh, Tim Gunn is really good in a support role. Uh, the second one is pretty much hot garbage. So, it only existed because the first one made money. Yeah, it looked bad. Um, uh, it might it might entertain preschoolers, but I think anybody else would be bored to tears. All right, so another movie here: Percy Jackson and the Sea of Monsters, the second Percy Jackson movie. I enjoyed the first one, but I never watched this one, and I think they were really, really trying to make this into a next, you know, big kind of young adults um, kind of movie, and it just kind of flopped um, by Fox. Do you remember this or nah? I think I fell asleep watching this. All right, let's move on then to uh, Planes, next Pixar movie, the first spinoff Pixar movie from Cars. Oh, I, 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 oh my God, I totally did not want to watch this movie. I was like, all right, Pixar, you lost me. <laughs> this uh, kind of reminded me of a couple of Tex Avery cartoons about uh, the life of planes, uh, but without the jokes and really expanded on and really dragged out. I remember the 3D was very good in this, but the only reason I remember anything fondly about this is because Cars 2 is so god-awful. And this seems like a masterpiece in comparison. But it's not nearly as interesting as the first Cars movie. It It doesn't have any gravitas or weight to it. Like, they don't have somebody like Paul Newman character in this planes it's just it's just more of it's just a, it's real formulatic they said instead of a, a a car we've got a we've got planes and it's just the same sort of beats you know nothing really original it's just a rehash of uh, of cars except with, with planes and then they don't have any sort of real weighty um, subplots with other characters. Is it connected to cars in any way, or is it just so happens to be other anthropomorphic vehicles? To tell you the truth, I don't really remember if there were any... I don't recall any cars talking and stuff in it, but I think of them as being in the same world, but I don't really think they are. I remember the sequel to this more than I re- when they actually do something interesting when they become rescue uh, when they go put out forest fires and stuff. Now this was going to be originally a direct to DVD movie, but then at the last minute, Disney was like, "Nah, we can make a ton of money on this. <laughs> Let's put it in theaters." They should have made it direct, but the 3D is nice. All right, um, so. People in the U.S., you'll probably pay a small fortune. Uh, I don't think it's worth uh, the hassle uh, of getting this on disc. Now, uh, the 
this time period has a lot of music movies and uh, we haven't seen these movies, but we'll just throw it out there just for fun's sake. One Direction, This Is Us came out this year and another movie, Metallica. Uh, so we had two song music movies here. Jake, did you watch either one of them? Nope. Me neither. Uh, after, after Glee, I surrendered and was like, I'm not watching any of these. All right, so the next movie here is a, a Japanese movie that I don't know anything about, but Jake, you say it's pretty great. Uh, Space Pirate Captain Harlock? Yeah. What's this about? This is this is a uh, reimagining of the old uh, Captain Harlock uh, character. You know, eye patch, modernized, uh, moody, beautiful character designs, nice 3D. Uh, this is available in an international cut and in a, Mer- and a dubbed American uh, version, you know, dubbed in English. Or you can get it in the original. Of course, all animation's dubbed, so. But you can get it in its international Japanese version as well. Uh, it's a it's a more grown up, more thoughtful. Uh, the hardcore seem to not like it. People who are more casual seem to dig it more because they do take a lot of liberties with the source material, which I had no problem with because there were a lot of things about the source material that I didn't care for. I thought a lot of the original character designs were weak and some of the story was too melodramatic and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I generally like it. This, uh, I, I thought it was nice animation, you know, good 3D, a uh, little on the long side, you know, it, it could have been shorter, the international cut could have been shorter, uh, but I thought the American cut, they um, chopped things that they should have left and left things they should have chopped out, but hey, it's, if you like, if you like anime, it's well worth seeking out. Now, James Cameron actually praised the, the 3D in this movie. So you think the 3D was really that great? Yep. Yeah, it's above average even for an animated film. All right. Next up, Jake, is Wizard of Oz. This is a re-release of the original. Have you seen this one in 3D? Yes. Yeah, they t- did a gorgeous conversion on the 1939 uh, version of uh, Wizard of Oz. And had it re-rated uh, by the MPA, and they gave it a. They said the 3D was more intense, so they gave it a um, PG rating. Oh, tell me more about that. Yeah, they said uh, the 3D made it more intense and scary for children. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a classic. I mean, Wizard of Oz, I think, is is a beautiful movie. Great color and you know it's one of the movies that it's like oh wow this is you know a big deal this is a you know landmark yeah. considered one of the greatest movies ever made uh it's one of the reasons why a lot of film buffs think uh, hollywood movies from 1939 why that was such a golden classic wonderful year which i agree in fact i always challenge people try to find a bad movie made in 1939 released by hollywood how was the 3D in this? How did they convert it? How did what's special about it? Really good. I mean, yeah, 
they could have been. Be- it was obviously they didn't even think about shooting it for 3D. Uh, there were a few scenes that were kind of cardboardy, which is why I wouldn't give it an editor's choice. But this is a well worthwhile experience in 3D, and this did get a U.S. release in 3D. Uh, I was kind of a little bit irritated because the 3D disc wasn't part of the really big super collection that they put out. So if you're like me and a real hardcore Oz fan, uh, that meant you had to buy uh, a separate a Blu-ray uh, collection of the of the to get all the goodies and then the 3D disc, you know, the double dip, but. Hey, I found a Canadian release that uh, was really good. Not only did it have, you know, the original Oz, it had the silence, it had the animate, the cartoon that came out before uh, the Warner, the thirty-nine version, but it also had the TV movie about bombs starring John Ritter. So I was very happy to get that collection from Canada. Now, um, I remember getting the 2D Blu-ray of it, and it is so gorgeous. Mm. So, yeah, it holds up so well. They got the original negative, I think, and cleaned it up, because I never saw it this pretty, ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, uh, and, and, tri- and this was filmed in Tri-Strip Technicolor, which is like the most vibrant Technicolor of all time. I mean, this movie just looks absolutely gorgeous. And this looked absolutely gorgeous on even a faux IMAX screen. This still looked marvelous. And thank God they kept it in its original aspect ratio format. You know, it's Academy ratio, four by three, and didn't try to widescreen it like Disney Plus has done with the early seasons of The Simpsons. Which they did recently fixed, which took months to do, which is like, come on. It shouldn't take months. It should be a few phone calls and, you know, some behind-the-scenes time, sure, but not months. Yeah. Anyway, let's keep going here to uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. How is this? Uh, It's not as good as the first one, but it's worthwhile. It's a worthwhile sequel. Uh, It actually moves the story forward. And has a few things to say, and it's cute and it's quirky. And uh, Lord and Miller weren't as hands on with this as they were the first one, and it shows, but it's still worthwhile. It's still a fun, you know, it's still a 7 8, you know. Okay, let's keep going here. We've got quite a few left, big ones. Um, Young Detective D Rise of the Sea Dragon. What is this? Oh, this is part of a ser- Hong Kong series about Judge D, but when he was much younger. Uh, good luck finding this on uh, in 3D. Uh, I got it when it came out within a week. It's been out of print. It sells for big bucks. Uh, it's gotten a few... European releases, but they don't have English subs. And I don't believe there's an English dub for this in any market. Unless they release... 
the U.S. got a release, but it's not in 3D. Which is a shame. This is, I remember the 3D being really good in this. Uh, and it's just a big action with some pretty good CG effects. Uh, you know, China's kind of stepping into their own as making uh, blockbuster action movies. And I've always liked Judge D. He's just one of those cool detective characters. It's kind of like China's answer to Charlie Chan. Okay. I know nothing about this, so I can't add anything to it. So let's keep going here from a, a Chinese movie to a Russian movie, Stardingrad. Oh, God. This reminds me of those um, early 60s kind of melodramatic uh, message movies. You know, they usually have... Ava Marie Saint and a whole bunch of European a and actors. They have guys like Louis Jordan and Omar Sharif and Ava Marie Saint and sometimes Paul Newman. It starts off with the framing device of a, of a modern day disaster and then these um, rescue workers start talking about the hero heroes of Stalingrad and the three D is great. Okay, but the story is just so cliched and and so propaganda ish, and you're gonna laugh. The, the unintentional humor is. I laughed quite a bit watching this on the big screen. Okay, so let's keep going. From Russia to Italy and Spain, Dracula 3D. What is this about? Oh my god, this is easily the worst 3D movie to come out of 2013. Uh, it's even worse than R.I.P.D. Uh, Dario Argentino lost his damn mind. Uh, there's some really bad CGI. Uh, there's some gorgeous 3D in this, gorgeous cinematography. Uh, but I don't know what the hell uh, they were thinking. Uh, Rutger Howard is great as Van Helsing. I mean, this is just, this is so bad you've got to see it to believe it. Uh, this. It, I picked this up on disc for five bucks. Uh, I'm sure you can probably find some. Some people have told me they have found it at the dollar store in 3D. Uh, it's truly, it's a train wreck. Jerry Argentino lost his damn mind. Uh, the praying mantis stuff. You will be going. What the hell? It's mind-bogglingly nonsensical and but there's some great 3d just not a whole lot of plot all right so we've been around the world from china to russia to italy now a movie that's out of this world for most of it gravity now that's a segue yeah uh, and this is a great one gravity is awesome <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, some of this was actually shot in 3D and some was conversion, and I can't tell the difference, which is what it should be. Uh, this is an absolutely gorgeous movie to watch in 3D. I couldn't imagine watching this movie in 2D. Um, this is a must-have if you can watch. If you're watching 3D movies at home, this is one of the discs you should have. It's an absolutely beautiful movie. It shows off your. Th- it shows off um, your what your TV can do beautifully. Uh, this is such a great movie. I, I even sure uh, it's you. You may on repeat viewings. You know the suspense won't be there, but you'll you'll see a lot. The little details you'll pick up in repeat viewings make it worthwhile. Uh, yeah, this is this one will get your adrenaline going. It's really suspenseful. Yeah, so Gravity is a sci-fi movie about an astronaut who's trying to find her way back home, but is falling back or trying to get back safely to Earth. And the 3D, you know, space and 3D just go perfectly well together because it makes total sense, you know. Yeah, and and George Clooney's got a small part in this that's really good. And this is a thriller, which is not something that's very often for sci-fi. And this, you know, the 3D complements this so well. Uh, My wife said, wow, what a movie. I never want to see it again, but wow, what a movie. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's intense yeah and the thing is this is one of these movies there's i can think of a lot of actresses who could have done this you know jodie foster most notably but sandra bullock did it and she did a great job yeah and it's just it's intense it that doesn't really let you go and you, you know you feel like you're there with her as she's experiencing everything trying to get back to earth safely and it is such it's such a great thriller it's an experience if anything you know i know people get mad about experience movies but i would love to have this be a d-box imax 3d experience oh my god (laughs) the audience i saw this with were were as quiet as church mice they were all kind of leaning forward in their seats waiting to see what happened next and there were plenty of gasps and ooze and things i mean the audience was really captured by this when i saw it it just grips you it just it's one of those movies where you're gripping your your armrest in the theater oh my god oh my god and you know obviously you know you can figure out what the, the conclusion is but still the ride just having that there and everything going wrong and I think uh, there's some scientists that said that it is not seriously realistic, but I mean, it it looks very realistic. You know, it doesn't seem too far fetched. Yeah, the only way you're going to get more reality than this is to watch the SpaceX uh, launch in orbit on uh, the NASA channel. All right, let's go back to Earth and have a Canadian, French Canadian movie. Called The Young and the Prodigious T.S. Spivitz. I don't know anything about this, Jake. Oh, this is an incredible 3D movie. If I had to pick the best one of 2013, this would be my pick for the top one. And that's with movies like Gravity and The Great Gatsby. I mean, that tells, the 3D is editor's choice in this. It is absolutely spectacular. 
I don't think this got any sort of release in the U.S. Uh, I uh, was so blown away by this movie. Somebody showed me. I picked up the um, the French uh, Blu-ray edition of this because I had to have a copy of my own. Uh, this is an incredible movie. It got lost in the shuffle of – I don't – uh, I can imagine part of the problem is is at the towards the end of the movie there's an MF bomb dropped by a, a minor character, and this is uh, this does feel like a family movie because it's about a young intelligent boy who goes on a journey uh, and travels by rail. It's it's just a really nice, awesome movie that just happens to have uh, an MF bomb in it, and uh, which I think would probably get it a PG thirteen, but apparently the MPA wanted to give it an R, and this is not an R movie. I mean, it's a PG movie in reality. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, great acting, um, great characters. Uh, it's gotten a few other releases in 3D around the world. You might be able to find something other than the French special edition, uh, which has burnt-in subtitles, which can be a real, which really play havoc with the 3D presentation, unless you've got a player that can remove forced subtitles. Okay, so let's keep going here. Uh, Freebirds. This is a movie about the restaurant, about making burritos, right? No, this is a, let's make a movie for Thanksgiving. With animated birds and is completely forgettable in every way, right? Yep, I just remember the 3D being decent, but it's utterly forgettable. One of the very, very few mo uh, movies about Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yeah, it's a turkey. Uh, okay. Now that's a turkey. What about this movie? Thor the Dark World. Oh, God. <laughs> this is easily the worst movie put out by Marvel. Oh, man. Oh, man. And then they reference it in Avengers Infinity War. Uh, uh, not Infinity War, but um, Endgame. Endgame. And it's a beautiful reference to this bad movie. Yeah. Well, this is the Marvel movie Patty Jenkins uh, was working on and left. Then they brought in a Game of Thrones director to do it. Adam Tater. Yeah. And the makeup job they put on Christopher Eccleston to play Malachi. Uh, the guy couldn't emote. They would have been better off doing the character in CG and then just letting Eccleston voice it or did a capture performance. And the whole thing was about, you know, the, the Infinity Stone and it being like a liquid and you have to, you know, inject it. And it's like a portal game where all these portals are popping up and it's just, uh, it's just bad. It, it goes, it just goes everywhere. Um, uh, the 3D is uh, weird. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. 
So it's not even that great on a 3D level. Uh, oh, Loki is in this movie that he really doesn't need to be, but he is, and like tries to save the movie from being total disaster. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thor: Dark World is awful, and it's it's one of those movies that you just kind of, oh boy. It's a five. Yeah, and it's kind of sad that Thor's friends, you know, are in here. I this is the last time we see them. We don't really get to see them reference after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank God, Taika Waititi had a really good idea for the third Thor movie. Uh. Otherwise, this character would be uh, not getting his own movies again. Because I would have swore this would have ki- this killed Thor as a viable uh, franchise. Yeah. Um, this is one of those movies you just kind of bite your lip and be like, all right, I'll watch it because it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then you kind of, all right, done with that. Never watching that again. Uh, I- I've actually seen this on the big screen twice. Woo! That's hardcore. Uh, tell me about it. I thought I should get a merit badge for that. <laughs> Alright, let's keep going here. We got a little movie that people just can't let go. Frozen. Frozen's a really good movie. I really like it. Yeah, Frozen's good. I want to know why in the hell Disney, in their ultimate wisdom, decided the biggest hit they've had in decades. Why it could not get a U.S. 3D release. Blu-ray. Yeah, on, on Blu-ray. At, at least we got to see it in 3D in the theaters. Yeah, um, and this, you know, Let It Go has just become such, it became like a number one hit in the music charts. You know, this became a movie that all of the kids and little girls wanted to see and just became a monster. Mm-hmm. Months, months. It came out in November, and I think it was still hit like in February <laughs> of 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see in 10 years Elsa being the... um spokes character for disney instead of mickey mouse this thing is such a monster hit and it had positive female role models in there and it was actually a really cool story i liked it cool intended pun intended wah, wah, wah. <laughs> mm-hmm. i like frozen i like it a lot um i didn't yeah. think it was an amazing balls movie but i enjoyed it for what it was Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the sequel was a better movie, which is rare, but it showed that they cared enough about this to move it forward, not just do a cash uh, grab. Yeah, this had, uh, yeah, Frozen 2 is really good. I remember Frozen, before it came out, the trailer for it, I was just like, oh my god, can you make this worse? Because it had basically, Olaf was a big part of it, and then it had the deer and the ice... And it was scooting because it had, you know, butt itches. And it was just like, wow, I really, really don't want to see this movie. And then it got great reviews. And I was like, all right, I'll watch it. And I was like, this is actually really great. Yeah, I got dragged uh, to see this opening week. I got dra- I got dragged, you know, the neighbors was like, oh, take our kids. We don't want to go see it. 
that whole joke about the dog or the animal scooching its butt, can it please just rest that joke forever? It's just so overplayed. Hey, with the way toilet paper um, became unavailable, I'm surprised my neighbors weren't doing it this month or last month. It just, you know, I guess it's funny, but like it's just been overused by so many movies over the years. And when you're, if your dog or cat do that, you need to take it to a vet. It's not funny. It's actually worms. In a, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to the vet. All right, let's keep going here to a Chinese Hong Kong movie, The 4 2. Okay, this is a, a series. Uh, there's three movies so far, and they're called The Four. And they're basically the X Men, but set in. I can't tell you which dynasty off the top of my head. I'm not that familiar with Chinese history, but yeah, it's basically uh, feudal China, the pre-industrial revolution, um, China. I'm putting it in Western terms. Sorry about that. But they're basically the X-Men, but complete with a guy in a wheelchair. In a bamboo wheelchair. <laughs> okay. They are not. This is trashy 80s style Hong Kong action with decent 3D. Hmm. And there's a lot of slumming act Hong Kong actors in here who are much better than this material. This is a paycheck for them. Okay. And the 3D. <laughs> It's okay. You can get this pretty cheap. I don't think the first one's in 3D, but 2 and 3 are, which seems to be something that's very common with series like like Percy Jackson and Harry Potter, Star Trek. They don't make them all in 3D, just like one or two of them. Now, something that was made for high-tech people, but is set in a fantasy universe. The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog. Do you watch this movie? Yeah, I've seen it. Could I tell you anything about it? Probably not. The Hobbit movies just seem to blur one into the other. They don't seem... To me, I just can't keep them as separate as I could The Lord of the Rings. I think part of that is because the Hobbit movies just seem to go. They adapted other things other than the Hobbit and added. I mean, the Hobbit is the thinnest book in the of Middle Earth. And it's they made three movies out of it. Now, Ben Cumberbatch, um, he's the smog. Yeah, smog the dragon. And this is the second movie in the trilogy. Uh, I said this before with the other one. I gave up on the first one. Never look back. <laughs> I just remember this was uh, these were screened and you could see them in high frame rate and they looked absolutely gorgeous. Forty eight frames per second. Yeah. Mm hmm. It looked absolutely gorgeous. Which is really weird. I don't know why they chose forty eight frames instead of you know a round number, but whatever. <laughs> uh, cause you just double twenty four frames. Oh, okay. That might make sense. 
and uh, I haven't seen any of the super higher frame rate stuff, so I can't say about the because Gemini Man I saw a high frame rate, but it was not the super high frame rate either. But and it looked good, but I haven't since I haven't seen any of the real high frame rate stuff. I can't attest to whether it looks fake or not. But the stuff I've seen, like in 48, looked really nice. 3D, it worked great because it just opens, it creates more light, but 3D eats light. So it kind of balances out. And to me, it just, my brain just make it feels like what I'm actually seeing is real. I know a lot of people don't like the higher frame rate movies. Um, and this is, you know, actually kind of rare. So we haven't, you know, this first came out in 2013. But, like, you know, besides Gemini Man, I cannot remember any other movie that's filmed in high frame rate. Uh, well, there's been some that have been screened. Like, uh, one of the Guardians movies was, uh, uh, I think the second one, had was screened in a couple of theaters in high frame rate, but uh, nothing near me. Heck, I was lucky to see it in 3D. Okay, so let's keep going here. We got a few more movies. Um, Police Story 2013 or Police Story Lockdown. Um, it's kind of a weird thing talking about this now in 2020. It's a reboot. It's a reboot of a Jackie Chan's Police Story series. From the 80s, uh, it did not get a home video release in 3D, and there's no theaters anywhere near me that are running Asian 3D movies on any sort of... I mean, even when The Wandering Earth played here, they didn't run it in 3D. Uh, So I'm really disappointed, because I really wanted to see this movie in 3D. And this is a standalone movie with a darker tone. Um, I'm just reading off Wikipedia, and it's the sixth movie in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a start over. Okay, uh, let's keep going here. Uh, 47 Ronin is actually filmed in 3D, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a Japanese... Uh- Cope. I, I'm. I'm sure there's another country and worked on it too. Um, it's a. This is one of those co-productions. Uh, Keanu Reeves is in it. Has a pretty. It's based on a, a Japanese uh, legend about 47 samurai who lose their masters, and it's not real faithful to the original story in some ways. In other ways, it's very faithful. Uh, it's a decent movie. Uh, if you like Keanu Reeves, you like 3D, you like uh, samurai movies, you'll dig it. This is actually a big flop, right? It didn't make that much money. Released on Christmas Day. Yeah, this didn't make a whole lot of money. It had a really crappy ad campaign. And I also think this was a year there was, the market was flooded with 3D movies. And uh, I think this is before Keanu Reeves became super... Yeah, the, the Keanu-sance hadn't started back up again. Yeah, because in 2014 is when John Wick came out, and uh, he's awesome in John Wick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, he's awesome in this, too. Uh, he's just not the main character. All right. Uh, how was the 3D in this? It was good. 
not it wasn't like editor's choice and there were some scenes that didn't work but overall i would say i would give it good 3d even though it was filmed in 3d you still were awesome with it yeah i mean some of these conversions are getting really good and um and sometimes the, the filming stuff uh they have technical problems a lot of it has to do with lighting things all right, uh, last movie of 2013, The House of Magic, a French movie. What's this about, Jake? Uh, this is a little animated movie about a little black kitty. Uh, I don't remember a whole lot about it, uh, except it's gotten lots of name changes like House of Thunder, House of Magic. Uh, it was a, a Walmart 3D exclusive for a long time. What? Yeah. That the only place you could get a 3D copy of it was Walmart. Wow. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen it. Don't own a copy. Because uh, mainly, I think, here, I think one Walmart got one copy and sold it and never bothered to restock it. Uh, I just remember it having nice animation. Uh, the U.S. release, uh, of course, has English. I believe European ones, you can get the original dubs. I don't know if it was cut for U.S. release or anything like that. Uh, I don't remember a whole lot about it. It was... I don't remember hating it, but I don't remember loving it either. And I haven't seen it since um, 2013. Now, speaking about cats, just in case you guys heard... Uh, my cats were fighting in the background. I separated them. They're fine. Uh, I know people care about that things like that in podcasts. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but they were fighting, and they're in separate rooms now. So, yeah, anyway, 2013. Wow. What a year for 3D movies. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, what's your favorite movie of 2013? Uh, I would say the young and prodigious uh, T.S. Spivet. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it's tough, but I think uh, Gravity for me. Yeah, that's a that's a real good one, too. And, you know, so is the great Gadsby. Um, World War Z is really good. Uh, Pacific Rim. All right. Uh, best superhero movie. <laughs> Um, I guess Man of Steel because Thor's trash. <laughs> yeah. Um, Iron Man three is not bad, but I, 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 I don't know. I think I would give it. I think I'd give it to Iron Man three. All right, best animated. Best animated. Hmm. Technically, a lot of these are animated, but <laughs> they got so much um stuff in them, but. <sighs> God, uh, I guess Monsters, Inc. and University or Planes. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's your uh, hidden gem movie that everyone probably forgot about? Uh, Great Gatsby. Okay. Because that's really good and people just seem to have forgotten about it. I think it just became a meme and I don't know who people actually watched the movie. Yeah. Um... So yeah, 2013, it's it's one hell of a year. That's it for us. Bye. Okay, bye. 
Before this podcast wraps up, I want to thank my patrons. Thank you, Kano3D and Mr. Bingo5 for your financial support on Patreon.com. So that's going to be it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find 3D or 2D on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, and more. Just look for 3D or 2D. Links are in the info box. If you want to send us listener mail, our email address is email3dor2d at gmail.com. Thank you for either listening or watching this podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.